The following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey everybody, this is Ashley from the Kids for Sale podcast, and you are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week show, featuring highlights from all the shows across the network this week. So lock your kids in their bedrooms so you can relax and listen. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics. So we're hanging out. We watch Eros play. They're pretty awesome. And then there was like a really cool, bizarre, weird, I don't even, this Ember's exotic belly dancing sex thing. It was different and strange and not bad, but I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like perplexed, I guess. Because, like, maybe it's for me because I'm not, like, quite, like, that kind of an exhibitionist. Like, I might be an exhibitionist in the way, like, I want people to hear me talk and hear my voice and and enjoy what I'm saying and maybe take something away from my conversation, you know. Um, so, we, uh, you know, we watch this lady and she's, like, in a bunny mask thing and, like, has a bunny tail and bunny titties and bunny 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 and strips down and it's interesting and then that's over and she takes the mask off and this lady's got like a pixie haircut which is cool and whatnot and then she starts like very sexually blowing up these like uh, bl- uh balloons like little balloon like you know how clowns make the little balloon animal dude fucking thing she was doing shit like that making poodles and shit but then at the very end she made like a I don't know, it was probably like five foot, just straight, long ass fucking balloon, pink motherfucker. It was like five feet long, right? And she, you see her tie it up and what the fuck not and everything, right? And then she starts to fucking deep throat this thing and, and takes it all the way in. Okay, check this shit out. All the way in, all the way in, all the way in, all the way, all the fucking way in, and then swallows it. And the crowd is a mixture of fucking horny, shocked, confused, and terrified. All it fucking wants. It's pandemonium. Cats and dogs living together. You guys know the deal. And I'm like, what the fuck did we just witness? And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. First of all, she, logistically speaking, couldn't swallow a five-foot-long balloon. It would literally close off her air pipe and suffocate her to death, right? End of story. You don't just digest it all of a sudden, and it's all good. So I was like, I'm guessing what she did was very cleverly, as soon as she started to put that fucking thing in her mouth, okay, right? She's taking it down, and while it looks like she's taking this fucking balloon dick down her throat, what's actually happening is she's letting the air out, and it's an illusion, right? And maybe not everybody thought about it or caught on to that, but a lot of people were like, what the fuck, right? So get done with that, and it's our turn to play. Now, I will mention amidst the Eero set, we had to do like our setup and shit. Like, so behind the North end pub stage is a door. And then there's like a patio area. That's just like concrete. And that's where I always set my shit up and stage it and whatnot. And then 
bust the shit in. It's just the quickest, most effective way to work at North End, right? At least for our band anyways. So we set everything up. We get it all staged. And then it's like, okay, well, once we're on stage, then we're going to have to wait because Ember was doing her thing, which we just discussed. She did her thing, and then it was time for us to perform. And it went really well. I was actually very happy. It sounded really great. I thought Sarah and Veronica both performed extraordinary, as always. No surprise. I did okay. It wasn't bad. I didn't break a stick. I didn't drop a stick. And I didn't fully fuck up a song, but I think I missed like a hi-hat in one of the songs. So I did okay. It was it was, it was, it was, it was an okay outing for me. I wasn't upset at it. The crowd was fucking into it. Lots of singing, lots of jamming out and enjoying it. I loved that this time when we played North End Pub, Sarah does at the very, we did the, at the very end of the set. And it was kind of beautiful homage as my um, laptop here is singing to us during the podcast. Um very beautifully, Sarah, you know, we all, we added this like extra special Easter egg because the same evening we were performing at North End Pub in Lafayette, Indiana, Danzig was performing at Psycho Fest in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, uh, he was performing the entire How the Gods Kill Danzig 3 album. And we played How the Gods Kill, which we do typically but i loved when we were at north end pub man you could hear a fucking pin drop sarah starts playing piano i think i heard like one maybe one voice off in the end somebody was like answering a a person's question or some shit but like you could fucking hear almost a pin drop it was so silent it was beautiful and she got to like play this beautiful build and then veronica came in with these bellowing fucking powerful vocals that it's crazy she's so tiny but she's so massive in the most beautiful way so we uh you know, we finish our set and it's sweat city. We bust ass to get off stage. So now I'm back behind the stage where we had started and I'm tearing down. And as I'm tearing down, the next bands are filtering on. So I'm like briefly speaking with Bizarre Noir. They were the second act of the evening. And uh, then we uh, we started dis- discussing and talking to this dude named Logan. Uh, Logan hosts a podcast on YouTube called Ride Nerdy, R-Y, or R-Y-D-I-N, I guess, Nerdy, I think. I didn't actually look that up. Maybe I should look that up right now on the podcast live. Let's do it. Fuck it. YOLO, right? So anyway, we're talking to Logan, and Logan's a super fucking nerd in the best way, okay? So... Uh, Ryan Nerdy Podcast. Oh, hey, Ryan Nerdy. Here we go. Yeah. So you can get Ryan Nerdy on YouTube. Uh, they talk about stuff. They got some podcasts going on and whatnot. You guys can check them out. But anyways, Logan also is in this dope band named Zephaniah. They've got like this Dragon Force meets Three Inches of Blood vibe to them. And he's a very powerful vocalist. And uh, he actually, we were talking and he asked Veronica, he's like, did, did I hear you're, you're operatically trained? And he's like, yes, of course. And he's like, me too. I, I, I sang, I performed opera. It was great. And it made sense because he's in Zephaniah. He has this like phenomenal voice. So it just... It actually like totally made sense to me. So we're backstage. We're discussing with him. We're catching up. We're you know 
learning about this gentleman. I had never met him before in my life, but it, we became like instant best friends. He has a fucking TARDIS tattooed on his fucking chest or the middle of his fucking chest or whatever. So it's like, Jesus, he's like dedicated to whatnot. And we were laughing because like literally the day before we had dropped Gallifredio. I hope you guys went back and listened to that. If you're a Doctor Who fan and you haven't checked out Veronica, Sarah, Lauren, and myself's new podcast, Gallifredio, it comes out every other Friday. So it just dropped a couple days ago. Means in two weeks you're going to be getting episode two. We got some big stuff coming there as well. So anyways, talking to Logan, we're tearing down, we finish our tear down, we're getting ready to load up the truck, we're loading the truck up, we fin- we're finishing loading the truck up, and as we're finishing loading the truck up and we're talking to Logan, I see Nick Maxson, and he's walking towards me. I'm like, what is this motherfucker doing? What's he up to? And he walks over to me, and he's like, hey man, and I was like, how's it going? He goes, this, I have this for you guys. And I'm like, hey, what the fuck is it? He goes, well, it came a couple days ago, and it's addressed to y'all. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. And, dude, let me tell you, and I'm not going to, like, go into extreme detail. You'll probably hear it some other time. I don't want to, I don't want now to be the total story. Because I want to kind of keep it a little bit special for this person. We got this, like, amazing letter sent to us from a fan who had thoughtfully, uh, instead of trying to find where we live, thank God, he r- decided to see our recent events that we were going to go to, sent a letter to where we were playing, got it right. That's a good thing, right? And then we got to like have this really, really out-of-existence experience where I'm reading this note, and this guy's just saying how he's thankful for what we're doing and how we're interpreting this music and really fucking validating a lot of the things that that I wanted out of this band and like to know that the most important part of what we're doing is paying tribute to the music of the Misfits. It's not about Veronica's trying to be Glenn Danzig, I'm trying to be like Robo or fucking Joey Image or any of those guys like or you know Sarah's trying to be like fucking Doyle. You know, it's none of those things. It's us trying to make the music be the fucking mega star. That's why we don't got no crazy setup on stage. That's why we don't do nothing but just fucking jam. Because it's that you don't, it's about the music first, right? So um, to get this fan letter is like really validating and it was really humbling. Like it was mind blowing. We're going to be, you know, we have some stuff we're going to be sending back for because he gave like a little return address thing that we can send. It's cool. It's fucking cool. Right. It was really bizarre. And, and it was, and it was another thing that was very humbling was this is something I had no idea was coming. And I experienced it with a new friend, Logan and my, my homeboy, Nick Maxson, who, you know, put the show together, puts a lot of work into it, puts a lot of work into our network. You guys, he's, not just building his brand when he's building Brews with Dudes. He's building the network's brand. And I learned that because I was talking to representatives from Bell's Brewing Company this weekend, and I was talking to Casey Taylor from North End Pub and all these other people. And when I was like, yeah, Brews with Dudes, part of the Journey into Comics Network, I started that. And they were like, oh, shit, that's fucking, whoa, like, that's radical. That's actually how Logan and I, like, really started bonding is because... 
I brought up the network and he was like, oh, fuck, man, I have a podcast. It's called Ride Nerdy. And I was like, oh, I love that name. It's so clever because it is. I, I dig it. So and I was like, hopefully I can find you on YouTube and I don't accidentally get a bunch of like uh, Weird Al videos, you know, which I didn't. I've, I've very easily found them. So that made me feel that made me feel pretty good. Right. I mean, you, you can't you can't beat that, as it were. So we get done putting everything in the truck and I'm going to go park the truck and then I'm going to come back and we're going to chill for a second, hopefully go inside and watch some more acts and then at some point we have to bounce because we got this like journey back home, you know, hour and a half, two hours. And, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, I come back and as soon as I get back, Blaine and Miranda are standing by where Veronica and Sarah and Logan are. And, uh, Veronica, as soon as I get up there, she's like, Hey, I'm going to go in. And watch this act a little bit and then sell some merch and do some shit. And then I'll come back out. I was like, oh, radical. I'm going to catch up with Blaine. I hadn't really got to chat with him for too long. I mean, I got a little bit of a conversation in before the before we got to play. Uh, but it, it, nothing compared to what happened next. So, And I'm not going to, like, dish everything out. I don't want anybody listening to think I'm about to, like, invade some shit and say too much. I, I don't – that's that's not what's going on. But uh, – I was standing with Blaine and Miranda, and things got very real, very fast. I don't mean that in like a negative drama way. I mean that in, I could tell that Miranda was hurting, and not because of Blaine. I don't think that. Other things at play here. And I just, uh, you know, kind of transcended myself for a second, and I just considered Miranda as like someone, I, I don't really know her that well. I have to be really genuine right now when I say that I don't know Miranda as well as a lot of the people that Blaine has her around in Lafayette because they get to see her and interact with her on like a sometimes daily basis, depending on how often Blaine and them are out doing things, you know? So I could tell there was something up. She kind of brings up that something's up and I kind of just, kept it very real and uh dished on some truth because here's the thing man life is very difficult uh I'm learning that while life is very difficult it ebbs and flows you're going to be met with adversity you're going to be met with tragedy you're going to be met with heartache and crazy things you weren't expecting your adult person to ever think about dealing with and you're going to struggle and you're going to wish you didn't have to struggle and you're going to wish that everything would just go away. But the the facts are that at the end of the day, you fucking, you know, you Jason Ellis the fuck out of this shit. You harden the fuck up. You put your fucking hands up and your head down and you fucking go forward and you keep pushing because you know, I know it's hard. Everybody goes, listen, if somebody's got a mental health problem, you can't fucking say that they, you can't tell them that they have to reach out and, and or like try to guilt them and bullshit because that's not fair to them. No, what's not fair to them is they don't recognize they're creating a permanent solution to temporary problems. We interrupt the Journey into Comics Network feed for this late-breaking edition of Poor News, featuring Andrew Poor. 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Poor News. Yes, Poor News, news that matters. Now, for those of you who are tuning in, you know last week was a different show. Now, this week is a different show. Like, what happened to the Poor Report? Where did we go? Just to fill you in, because this is the inaugural episode. The Poor Report ended on episode 50. It became a stepping stone to a different sort of podcast. I realized that I couldn't effectively do a show about two very different topics. I feel like I had need to intermix political news with entertainment news and a lot of stuff on two different ends of the spectrum, and it felt weird going from one topic to the next. It was becoming more of like a local news affiliate as opposed to a broader news network. So it had to kind of go through some changes and had to work a few things out differently, just kind of get something that I thought would be better for everyone listening. So what I decided to come up with was a poor entertainment, which is a version of the poor report which focused on entertainment news, things about movies, TV, music, all that fun stuff. And then poor news, which is kind of the follow-up to the poor report, sticks mainly in the political current events realm, things that are more newsworthy, just so to speak. There's things about what's going on in the world, things going about in the government, things about in politics, and this, that other presidential news, everything that kind of goes into that. So now for those of you who don't care for political news, don't really care for that, they can watch Poor Entertainment or listen to Poor Entertainment and get that kind of thing. And then Poor News, like people who enjoyed what Poor Report is doing can keep listening to Poor News and get some in the similar vein to that and then don't have to worry about any of the entertainment fluff news that they don't care about. So it kind of gets the best of both worlds and hopefully there's still some of you, like myself, that like both sides of the news and they can just tune in week to week like they did before and get all of that in a more thorough topic. And sometimes allowing a two-week gap between each iteration of the show allows some more topics and news to develop. So I'm not giving you late-breaking news with no follow-up. Like, oh, this is what it is, and then have no follow-up. Now we're having two weeks, I can still give you some late-breaking news, but I can give you some news that's more seasoned. It's allowed things to develop more. And be like, oh, well, this is what came out last week. Since then, this, this, this has happened, and we can kind of move forward that way. So it gives me a chance to kind of bring you more specific news. Better news, so to speak. So I definitely thank you guys for tuning into that. And before I really jump into some news I want to talk about today, there's the main overarching thing I want to talk about today was on extremes. With every person out there, with every culture, with every society, we have an issue with, there's always an extreme. There's always extreme types of people. There's always extreme organizations. There's always extreme facets of things. Like, for example, take into account what we saw last year with these alt-right rallies and people that were going above and beyond what shouldn't be done. They were protesting and then it got violent and then there was counter-protests and those got violent and then Trump came out and said both sides did things bad, both sides had things that were good, all of that. And that kind of shows the extreme of what we're talking about. Like You see extremes like, for example, a lot of people associate extremes like in the Middle East with soldiers and the fighters and all that over there being... They're fighting like radical, like jihadists or radical Muslims and all that. And people are seeing how that encompasses everyone over there, for example. And that's not necessarily the case. That's not really the case at all. There's people over there that are just like us. They're just going about their day-to-day life. And then there's people that are out there being extreme and causing problems and all of that. And then we, it creates negative connotations. There's the extreme of people with immigration, people that are abusing the system. They're 
bring over violence and drugs and stuff, and that's the kind of the blanket that gets put over all of the immigrants coming in. There's immigrants that are coming in that are just seeking a better life, but they're being lumped into the same category. And it's kind of the thing, we got to not focus on the extremes of people. Like, there's the extreme conservatives who people think are out there to take away their rights and out there to cause havoc and they don't care what's going on and they just want tax or uh, reduce taxes for the rich and they want big breaks for companies and all of that. And then there's that's the extreme side. And there's more moderate Republicans. And the same thing with the Democrats. There's people that are all the way at the other end of the spectrum, the far, far left, who just want free things for everyone and they want all of the people in the Republican to be suffered. They are the ones who hate Trump with a blind fury and nothing anyone says to them. Like, they'll see no good thing about what Trump's doing. And they'll, there's just extremes to all facets of that. And we got to just chill. Like, I don't get what the point is. Why people need to be so upset or why people need to categorize people to such an extreme level. Like, there's people that says all Catholic priests are evil and twisted it, even though it's just a small percentage. Yes, what they did, like everything that came out in Pennsylvania and what's going on with that. And I have a, the letter from the Pope that came out recently that talks about there's other things now he's kind of condemning their actions. But people see the issue with the Catholic Church and with the just the horrible things going on with how they've treated young kids and boys especially and how people say that's the reason the Catholic Church is evil and how it's awful what these priests are doing and all priests should be arrested and put in prison and locked up and have done to them what's been what they've done to others and for the ones who have done that absolutely there there's no excuse for that but there's a lot of priests out there there's a lot of people in the clergy that are just regular people they have people have a strong faith in god and chose to have that be the rest of their life and they've never had any feelings like that i've never done anything remotely close to that but they're getting lumped in because people see the actions of one piece of a larger group as evil it's like saying that everyone who's religious is against the second or not the second amendment against or isn't is pro-life and pro-life means they're anti-abortion that means that you can't do something like you have no control over your body like that's that's not the case at all like that's so there's people out there that believe in people that are praying for you but they ultimately just want health and wellness and everyone to have a chance at life they're very much pro-life in that regard but there's always an extreme the people who throw images of a mutilated fetus and be like look at this look what we're doing like that's a whole nother extreme and that's not okay either like no one should be no one should be felt guilty like that yes i know there's talk about like the jewish guilt the catholic guilt all of that like no just relax like we just need to stop labeling and lumping small factions of group into making them the whole thing like it's just what i'm what i'm mainly saying is that you just need to stop taking a small group a vocal group and saying that is a reflection of the group as a whole like not all republicans are the republicans that you see they're not all like president trump they're not all like the high levels of the conservative the republican group over there they're not all like that the same thing we see with democrats like all democrats aren't as an extreme as what bernie sanders wants us to be like there's there's a wide range for all these groups out there and we just need to see people individually and not lump them into these groups, into these categories. And I think if we, as soon as we do that, the sooner we'll all be better off. 
And with that, I'm going to kind of wrap up that segment. I'm going to probably edit this a little bit just because it was more of a speech than a rant. I didn't have my thoughts fully formulated, but that's the nature of a podcast. You kind of, with a new show, all you kind of get the, you have to get the, kind of have to grease the wheels, grease the gears, all that to get everything moving in the right direction. So I'm going to move from that to the news for this week. And I have a few fun topics here, not fun per se, but, and this thing's evolved something that's been going on for a while. If you, if you remember Trump, after he went to France uh, with French President Macron, I believe his name was, he saw the military parade for Bastille Day and thought, I want that, I want tanks and rockets and a flyover of jets and all that, and I want that on the streets of Washington, D.C., and I can sit there and enjoy that. And then there was a cost, he was going to get it to cost like $12 million, like, oh, that's an extreme amount, that's too much money, and people were already out crying, and then it came out that it ballooned to like, what was it, like $92 million? Which led to what we're kind of talking about now, and that involves, this is an article from Fox News, which says, Trump blames D.C. as military parade plans unravel over costs. So the cancellation of President Donald Trump's Veterans Day parade came swiftly when senior White House and Pentagon leaders saw the estimated $92 million price tag play out in the public, setting off a chaotic volley of tweets and accusations between the president and the mayor of the nation's capital. I, just kind of jumping out of the article, I so feel bad for the mayor of Washington, D.C. They're not even the highest-ranking official in their town, city, whatever you want to call it. There's so many people above it because it houses the leadership of the United States, so it kind of sucks that you're no one really knows you exist until something like this happens. So the drama that unfolded Thursday and Friday also highlighted not for the first time a disconnect between the Pentagon and the White House when it comes to turning some of Trump's more mercurial ideas into reality. While Defense Secretary Jim Mattis dismissed the price estimate for the parade as fiction, liking the report of it as the work of someone who had been smoking pot, okay, Trump was denying the projected costs. He was lashing out at Washington, D.C. politicians he claimed were to blame for the sky-high prices. When asked to give us a price for holding a great celebratory military parade, they wanted a number so ridiculously high that I canceled it. Never let someone hold you up, Trump tweeted. He held out and hope of holding the parade next year instead and said this year he would travel to Paris for events making the centennial of the end of the fighting in World War One, which falls on Veterans Day November 11th. Now we can buy some more fighter jets even though I think fighter jets are more than 92 million dollars so whatever that statement has to be. Despite, uh, despite Trump blaming municipal authorities for the high estimates the bulk of the cost was the 50 million dollar Pentagon portion that would cover military aircraft equipment personnel and other support. The remaining 42 million would uh, cover costs borne by the city and other agencies and largely involve security costs. Obviously, when you have a parade that large, there's a lot of moving pieces that need to be accounted for. Obviously, you have to count transportation of all the soldiers and equipment that needs to be brought there. You have to secure the streets. The same thing, it's the inauguration, but to a larger extreme because you have a lot more military personnel present. The Republican president's finger pointed itself a social media spat with D.C.'s Democratic Mayor Muriel Bowser. She shot back on Twitter Friday that she was the one who finally got through to the reality star in the White House with the realities. 21.6 million of parades, events, demonstrations in Trump America. Sad. Disturbed Columbia officials called the price gouging charged by Trump patently false. The city official said that 21.6 million estimate of the cost the city would incur was their best stab at it. So they did not know what the exact route would be or how long it would last. The official who was, wasn't authorized to discuss the matter publicly and spoke on condition of an enemy said there was been little interaction between the Pentagon and a few details provided. Trump said he won a military parade in Washington after he attended France's Bastille Day celebration in the center of Paris last year. Several months later, Trump praised the French parade, saying, We're going to have to try and top it. It was demand that drew criticism not 
just from Trump's political opponents, but some Republicans too. As the Pentagon began planning for the U.S. version, the cost became a politically charged issue as of the prospect of streets in the nation's capital being churned up by tank threads. Yeah, those tanks are not not exactly light, and I'm pretty sure those roads, some are very old, and they probably can't handle the weight of some of those tanks on them. According to officials familiar with unfolding events, senior Pentagon leaders were briefed Wednesday about the parade cost, but officials said the estimates were still preliminary, so were not submitted to Mattis or General Joseph Dunford, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The officials spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss private meetings and conversations. When details came out publicly Thursday, senior White House officials, including Chief of Staff John Kelly, were angry about the $92 million amount, which was more than triple their early estimates of $10 million to $30 million by the White House budget director. It's not clear when Trump was told, but the order to cancel the parade came quickly and was made by the end of the workday. The Pentagon announced the decision just before 8 p.m. Throughout the day, multiple U.S. officials had confirmed the $92 million estimate that was put together by the Interagency Parade Planning Group. And Pentagon officials did not push back or at the point suggesting the reporting was wrong. So when asked about the price Thursday evening, Mattis uh, extorted the media and said he had no seen no such estimate. I'm not dignifying the number, $92 million with a reply. I will discount that, and anybody who said that number, I'll almost guarantee you one thing. They probably said, I need to stay anonymous, no kidding, because you look like an idiot. And number two, whoever wrote it needs to get a better sources. I'll just leave it at that, Mattis told reporters traveling with him. Really, when you have to kind of attack the media for that kind of thing... Just say, if it wasn't that amount, give a proper value. When you just say, that's not right, without providing a backup, that's just saying, well, then what is right? It looks like you're just trying to hide what the actual cost is. He said, whoever leaked the number to the press was probably smoking some that is legal in my state, but not in most. Reference to his home state of Washington, where marijuana use is legal. Well, at least he thought that Washington is legal in the state of Washington. So, did I say Washington is legal? Marijuana is legal in the state of Washington. Madison's comments came hours after the estimates was made public and not long after the cancellation decision was made, giving his staff plenty of time to ensure he was made aware of the planning estimates' accuracy. One reason for the political sensitivity was that Trump himself had boasted that the cancellation of a major military exercise with South Korea amid easing tensions with North Korea would, ease, would save the U.S. a tremendous amount of money. The Pentagon later said the Korea drills, which typically take place every August, would have cost $14 million and amount dwarfed by the estimated cost of the parade. Okay. The cancellation of those drills, like Trump's demands for a parade, initially caught the Defense Department unawares. Mattis was also widely viewed as being unenthusiastic about the president's plan to set up a space force as a new branch of the military, but as in other cases, he has towed the line of the commander-in-chief. I don't get it. He's a military man. You should be able to stand up to him, but when you're the president of the United States, not a lot of people can stand up to you and live to tell the tale. Do I have everybody's attention now? So uh, let's move forward into maybe one of the best matches of the night. It's hard to, these last three are all so spectacular for so many different reasons. Adam Cole versus Ricochet, man. Oh, jeez, man. That is, that, five, five and a quarter star, five and a half star match. I mean, just pure storytelling in the ring of, Okay, I am the cocky. Adam Cole is Shawn Michaels circa 1990s. Absolutely. Just that pure cocky, just I'm the best guy here attitude. And it's just, he pulls it off so great. Then he wins the title. He doesn't defend it. He hasn't defended it since New Orleans. 
and Ricochet comes in. He's like, I want that title. And they put on a clinic. Absolutely. Like, this is this is and I know Vince hates the flippy stuff, but this is how you put on a great match. I mean, there was one specific spot in that match that we have to talk about. It's something you, you can't avoid. But the, the super kick. The backflip super kick was ridiculous. The amount of precision both Ricochet and Adam Cole had to utilize to make that not only look and great, trust. And trust, yes, absolutely. But not only did it look great, it looked like a train wreck all at once. Like it made yeah. me think of like Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels super kick on Raw, like back in like oh two or some shit. Yeah. When uh, Shelton did the he did kind of like the um Damn it, I can't think of what that move is called. Kind of jumping over the top rope from the outside ring apron to kind of like springboard himself. That's what it was. He was springboarding yeah. himself, and Shawn Michaels caught him with a super kick. It made me think of that, and I was just absolutely blown away. And uh, the fact that he just collapsed in the ring afterwards, just to, the wherewithal to do that, just to show that it was that brutal of a, a power move. Yes, and it was super it was brutal and it was devastating. And then it made you certain like, well, Adam Cole is going to retain the, the North American NXT title. Like there's no doubt about it. And then yeah. they still continue to oppress and amaze you making Ricochet almost have this like underdog can't stop. Won't stop spirit where he just kind of was like, fuck no, I, I'm going to win this match. And it was amazing, man. It was like yeah. you said, storytelling personified in the ring. Those dudes, they genuinely both deserve to be on the main roster, but I'm afraid if they were to be called up, they would maybe get lost in the shuffle right now. Well, here's the thing is that they're both, you know, 190, 200-pound guys. So I'm afraid that they're going to get into that and they're going to go to 205 Live and, like you say, just get completely lost. You know, you need you need that. See, here's the thing. Undisputed Era with Adam Cole – is probably one of the greatest factions going right now. They are the jackals of WWE. They should be just coming in and picking bones. Yeah. You know, just the scraps, just taking everything just because everybody's just battered and beaten, and here they come and pick up all the pieces. Yes, and, and I don't know if you see this same path, though, especially with what happened on Raw, but I feel like... Like, at some point in the future, a Survivor Series Undisputed Era versus S.H.I.E.L.D. would be phenomenal. I hate the S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? You hate the S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that only because of Roman, or is that Roman coupled with Dean? Because I feel like Seth is maybe the golden pony in that. I don't think I could have any reason to think you would not like Seth Rollins, but maybe I'm wrong. Surprise me. I just hate the idea of their faction, you know? <clears throat> Their faction, because of the heat Roman's got and, you know, Dean being the architect but not actually doing anything, especially that spot from last night, uh, or um, Seth doing, you know, the architect, they they had a big stupid thing last night. Dean Ambrose being the lunatic fringe but is not really a lunatic or on the fringe of anything. He just looked like a, a, a wet boy that wear, wore tees, you know, and wet hair. Ooh, he's so crazy. You know, if they did it right, 
especially with this new comeback, it's it, it just it doesn't feel right. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, no, it's it's hard because Seth, Seth was on the on the path towards the universal title. Now he's stuck in the mid card again. Dean Ambrose coming back, wanting to do you know they're teasing the turn for him to go heel. Now that's gone away, and then Roman being Roman, who's by no means he is a great worker. Just don't let him talk. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, and that's that's definitely we'll you know we're gonna we'll circle back to more Roman. But Reigns then, talk. but then you get the undisputed era where they have three great mic workers, three four great actual in ring workers. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you have these guys that could put on five star classics every time they step into the ring. What do you think and Bobby Fish's role is going to be coming back from injury? I think they're just going to do the um, Freebird style. Oh, just, yep, alternate who has the tag title. I like that. I mean, right now, yep. I mean, they got away with that with Rod. I mean, I guess, I guess Roderick Strong was in the tag match against Mustache Mountain to win back the titles so he has yeah. an actual victory to earn that title over his shoulder well he's been he's been the the guy ever since he got injured yeah that's the whole reason why he's in the undisputed era yeah it was perfect timing too because roderick strong was kind of spinning his tires in nxt i was kind of feeling sorry like come on what are you gonna do with this guy he's not doing yeah. anything yeah, and he's too good to not let that to let that happen to him. Exactly. So it was nice to see him, and we didn't really cover this. It was nice to see Roderick Strong like in a prominent role. As, well, they they try to go face with him, like, oh, look at me, you know, I picked myself up. I had all this stuff happen, and then the the turn out of nowhere was just it was a brilliant move on his part, and he plays a great heel. Oh, absolutely. He definitely makes a much better heel than a face. Yeah. No question. Um, let's move forward from the Adam Cole Ricochet match here now to the to the NXT women's title match that was a barn burner of a match. Let's talk about it. What are your thoughts? Shayna Blazer, man. What a since last year's May Young to this point. I have not seen anybody grow as quick and as well as she has in a very long time. I couldn't when agree I saw more. Her, when, yeah, when I saw her on the Mae Young Classic, I'm like, all right, she is a UFC girl. They They shot her off strong, but she had a very limited – she was so green, right? Then – over this past year, she developed her mic skills, and she is legit scary on the mic. She is she has a legit scary presence when she's on the mic. Absolutely. And her skill set in the ring has been phenomenal, and it's been growing, and it's been great. And I'm really looking forward. And if they're going to do what they're go what I hope that they're going to do is the four horsemen versus four horsemen match either at survivor series or evolution you got <clears throat> two of the best female wrestlers right now in one stable absolutely and that's that's shana blazer ronda rousey 
And then you could actually say that on the other side of the card, too, with if you can get Becky and Charlotte back on the same page. Yeah, which actually builds for an interesting story in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. I thought that the Shayna Baszler-Kari Sane match was very, very incredible. Uh, storytelling was great throughout. They they had something to work with because of the Mae Young Classic. Yep. Like, it made sense to have the angle that they were going at each other, and now... Kari Sane has bested her not once but twice. So if there's a rematch down the road and it's the final well, it was, time, well, it's already best out of three. They they were one. This was this was the squash match. That's right because wasn't there one match that Shane that they had on like a regular NXT? Yep. That was non pay per view. Okay, okay. I so I did forget that. So that was the third and the best of three. So that's done. So now you can call Shane up. She has an opportunity to make her mark. It's crazy because I saw her on. The, the Ultimate Fighter, the first season, they did an all-ladies Ultimate Fighter sh- uh, show. And back then, I thought she was fucking terrifying. Yeah. You know, because she was just like, a, I mean, you know, you you don't have the filter of her being a character on The Ultimate Fighter. She was just a bitch. I mean, I hate to say it, but she was not a nice person in any stretch of the imagination. So it's awesome to see the evolution of her as a person, too, because now she's like this amazing character that is like kind of honed that shitty person inside of her and made it something useful. And I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And like I said, you know, the whole thing with Dakota Kai leading up to this match, like <clears throat> she was a legit scary person when it came to that, her things with Ember moon and Dakota Kai. Cause those were the two big ones right after she won the title. Like, yeah, Shayna blazer just, just had that presence of like I I'm going to destroy everybody that gets in my path. And Kyrie coming in, you know the the she didn't have the height or weight advantage, but man, she just you know she got her ass whooped and then just kept on coming back, and it was just great storytelling of just you know you knock me down, I'm gonna come back at you harder. Absolutely. Uh, and I love there was the moment where she was getting – was it slapped or pushed by Shane? And she kept coming back and just like yelling in her face. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, she's such a badass. Uh, mm-hmm. w- one thing, though, I, I will say I, I loved the end of the match because it kind of left it with like an air of like, ooh, that could have went the other way. You know, like it wasn't yeah. definitive that Kyrie Sane beat Shayna Baszler. She was in the Carafuda clutch and could have tapped but just so happened to get the right position to get the pin. Yep. I mean, yeah, she rolled through and it was brilliant. It inc- was just incredible. Yeah. Ac- across the board, incredible storytelling. And I had told you this, I-, I messaged you this yesterday or maybe the day before, that Veronica doesn't really get down on professional wrestling. She's not a fan. I told her, I was like, you really need to watch the Adam Cole Ricochet match. And she begrudgingly did and was just like, oh, this was dumb. I don't like it. But then yeah. the Shayna Baszler Kari Sane match came on and she s- just did not say a fucking word and watched the whole thing and was nothing but amazed. And she was like, I can get you down know, on this. It's kind of funny because uh, my buddy Stu, his wife sat down and watched that match too. And it was almost the exact same thing. You know, he she's slowly getting into this story. But then she watched that match and she's like, fuck yeah, I'm all in now. Oh, yes. This is this is it. Yeah. And I mean, and the crazy thing is like you could have ended NXT Brooklyn with that match and it would have been amazing. Yeah. But I love 
the match that they actually ended with and the controversy that's going to be kind of surrounding the the result of that, which was a another Tommaso Ciampa Johnny Gargano fight, last man standing. And man, that was uh, I was I was kind of it was it was a great match, and this is the match you know because. Like NXT Chicago, they were supposed to have this last man standing match, right? So then they did the last man standing Nakamura AJ, so they didn't want to have two last man standing matches in in Chicago. So they did the Chicago street fight, and you know, it's it's great with these matches because they always call back to the previous match. Yes. Which is always great. And it's it's that's that's good storytelling in and of itself. But if they had this last man standing match in Chicago, it would have been great. And then they could have settled this in like a hell in a cell type of storyline, you know? Ooh, war games it's is almost, coming up. It's almost like, okay, we've got two matches that were almost exactly identical. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Back. Uh, I, I will. Sh- I will say the, the Chicago. Go ahead. The Chicago sorry. Street Fight and the Last Man Standing were almost. They're almost the same format. Yeah, actually, uh, you're not wrong. And I will say it's got to be a little bit different for you because you were there for that Chicago Street Fight. Yes. I mean, you witnessed that brutality in person, and that must have been amazing to to be a part of, right? Oh, that just hold that that whole card. I mean, I haven't been to a live wrestling match in 20 years. We're gonna. My gold standard, uh, as far as uh, high definition viewing goes, is with water. What? With water. We're talking about 4K TVs and Life of Pi. Life of Pi, oh, a lot of that film is how, water. Oh, okay. I thought you were ta- saying like the, a movie called Water no, no, or no, something no. like that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. A lot of that film is water. So if you pop in Life of Pi right now and you and I start watching it, everything that, you know, obviously a lot of the water is CGI, mm-hmm. but it is so detailed because it's in 4K, I'm sold. That was Life of Pi. Um, I saw like a short clip in Best Buy when I was looking to buy my first 4K TV, and that is what made me want to buy a 4K TV. That is what sold me on buying a 4K TV was that you know short like 30 second clip that I saw in fucking Best Buy of Life of Pi. You know when he's in the ocean and it's nighttime and there's the all whales. the bio, the, all the well the whales yeah. and all the bioluminescent shit. That is what sold me on a 4K TV. Such a cool scene. There, there's a there's a bunch of scenes in that movie where the water, like the water, is just like pure reflection of the sky. Absolutely. Uh, the the scene where his uncle dives into the the pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that movie was absolutely. That movie was gorgeous in just 1080p. Right. Like fuck. That's why I said like, you know, I was gonna buy like a 70 inch 1080p TV because it was gonna cost me the same as my 55 inch. 4k tv you know obviously it was you know holiday season so every tv was marked down 
But I was cruising. I, I knew I wasn't going to buy a TV at Best Buy. But I wanted to browse because they obviously have one of the largest TV selections, at least as far as uh, here in town goes. If I'm going to buy a TV, normally I'll go to Fry's in Indianapolis. Yeah. Have you ever been there? Uh, Mike, that's so funny you mentioned that. Mike was talking about that store today. Yeah. It's like a computer superstore. Yeah, Fry's is badass. If you're going to buy anything electronic. I want to go. If you're going to buy anything electronic, fuck Best Buy. Buy it at Fry's. Yeah. You'll get a better price and you and they have more. They have a larger selection. So... Sorry, all you best boy or best buy fanboys. You guys suck compared to Fry's. It's kind of like Sweetwater Guitar Center. Yeah, okay. Fry's is the Sweetwater of TVs Sweet. and electronics in general. Yeah, I definitely want to go there because he said Mike was talking. Anytime all about you it. want to take a trip down to Fry's, let me know and I'll well, fucking Guitar down Center's there with you. right, right there too. Apparently, yeah, but Guitar Center sucks. So. Yeah, but it's it's still there. It still has stuff and things. That's fair. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I don't want to fucking nerd out on Life of Pi any longer because that movie speaks for itself. It's it's one of the it is one of the best done movies of the last twenty years. I don't know how anybody Definitely. could argue with that. Grab another beer. That's fair. Get that fucking drink that Slurpee that I brought. A pineapple. pineapple? Yeah. Go ahead and have don't, don't, it. Don't you want that? I want it, but just give me one drink of it and you can have it. It's my gift to you, my man. It's my gift to you. And you need to start laying your beers on their sides. I don't have, I don't have room. Yeah, you do. You can fucking stack them on their side. Oh, to actually put them on their side. I thought I wasn't supposed to. No. Why? I don't know. You told me not to. No, I didn't. I could have swore you did. Somebody. No, did. I told you not to have them straight up and down. Because then everything settles on the bottom. If you lay them on the side, it settles on the, the fucking wall of the can. So when you upright it, it stirs everything up. Oh yeah, is it still good? It's it kind of smells like a Honey Crisp now, like Honey Crisp cereal. Oh, God, Honey Crisp is so good. Honey Crisp, Sugar Smacks, fucking Golden Crisp. Is it still good? Not as good as I remember. It's obviously been in there for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're supposed to drink this stuff as soon as you can. This isn't one you want to actually let sit. I think it's still good. I've got a brand new fucking platinum nugget, so you go ahead and slug that bad boy. I slug that blackberry fresh fruit. Yeah, I don't know how you did. The fresh fruits are disgusting. No, th- this one got better. I had one of, the- so we went. Oh, story time. Wait a minute, real quick, real quick, real quick. Did you see what I tagged you in on Facebook today? I don't remember. Yeah, I saw it, but I don't remember. Fucking fruity nuggets, my yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I don't remember if I tried that or not. Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah. You, we had one. And only one. I think I, I think I didn't like it and I gave it to you. No, we or, both liked Fruity Nuggets. Did we? Yes. I don't remember at all. Anyway, so uh, we went on a float trip this weekend down to Sugar Valley. Did you get my picture, by the way? I asked you to give me a picture. I did not. Uh, you some bitch. We'll discuss that a bit. Uh, so we go to Sugar Valley for a float trip for uh, Nick's, Nick Maxson's girlfriend, Jess. Uh, and we went. We did the same thing last year. Uh, almost almost identical group of people. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a blast again. Uh, this, this year was a little more eventful, though. Uh, within the first half hour, we came across uh, a rock we could jump off of. Uh, it was a good... Uh, did Dave break his neck? No, Dave... 
uh, Dave actually successfully um, jumped off a rock. Jumped off a rock into some water. Good job. Uh, Good job, Dave. The it was it was about a 15, 20 foot uh, drop into seventeen foot deep water, and so uh, Nick was the second person to jump off, and much to our surprise, he did a front flip. And uh, much to us not noticing, he landed very, very badly on his side uh, and it completely took the wind out of him. And not only that, not only did it completely take the wind out of him, he also had to swim back to his float. So with no, no oxygen, he he could not breathe and he had to swim all the way back. (laughs) He was done. (laughs) He was fucking done. A couple more people jumped. Uh, Jess, Jess finally jumped, uh, and we all, we were all going along. And then very shortly after that, we, before we could, we, we were almost, we were inside of a shore and, uh, we, we started noticing Nick was not doing good. And then he started throwing up and he was just, we, he was not good. <laughs> so we were, I, I, and I feel like an asshole for this. So somebody was like, should we call 911? And like, I could have swore I heard Jess say, no, don't call 911. So I heard it again. And I'm like, no, don't call 911. Apparently she said, call 911. <laughs> and here I am, the asshole saying, no, don't call 911. Let him die. <laughs> God, you're a piece of shit. No, I didn't. I so just, what was wrong with him? Uh, he, like I said, he landed wrong. Uh, well, so we ended up getting on shore. Uh, someone called 911. Uh, EMS came out. Conservation and DNR came out. Um, they they were very the cons the conservation officer or DNR officer was he was a giant dickhead. He's like, didn't you see the signs posted? Didn't you see the signs posted? No swimming, no jumping off the rocks. They're posted everywhere. We spent thousands of dollars putting those signs everywhere, and it's like, like okay, dude. Um, but yeah, EMS came out, uh, took his vitals, gave him some oxygen. He and it was it was a whole hour long ordeal of our three hour of what was supposed to be our three hour trip. Um, and Nick declined going to a like go, taking an ambulance ride, going to the hospital as he probably should have. Um, so it just turns out he uh, he just hit it wrong, took the wind out of him, uh, probably bruised his sternum. Uh, I've cracked that motherfucker oh, twice. Yeah. I bet. So it's not fun. No, it's hard to breathe, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He apparently all he just he just needed that extra boost of oxygen, uh, just to you know catch him back up to normal levels. Uh, so we finally got back in the water. the The officer apo- ended up apologizing for being a dickhead too. He's like, "Hey guys, I know I came on strong, but we take this very seriously. Like a couple summers ago, we we had to pull six people out of from un- from under the water. Yeah, all of them dead. That's why you don't jump off a of rock. Yeah." <laughs> He's I mean, like we we have these die. we have these signs posted for a reason. If he would have taken oxygen in his lungs, that's 17 feet deep. You're not going down there. You don't know those waters. We have to dive down there and find them. Mm-hmm. And like he would have been gone. And so, so we went on our merry way. And uh, not long after, not even a half hour, 45 minutes after that, Dave Linder's tube pops. <laughs> Because it got, we got into a shallow spot and it got impaled by a stick. <laughs> so we had That'll to pop a float, folks. <laughs> a stick will pop a float. It will. 
definitely. <laughs> so we had to uh, sacrifice one of our cooler tubes uh, so Dave could have a tube. And we just wrapped a life vest around the cooler and let it float behind us. <laughs> Past that, you know, it was just a good time. No more uh, rock jumping. We did a lot of that last year. Did a lot of it last year. No front flips. So maybe had he done like a normal, you know, jump, he would have been did fine. Did you jump off the rock? No, I didn't. I did last year. What a pussy. Last year I did. I don't care. You didn't do it this year. I didn't want to. Pussy. It was. Okay, the jump, that's fun. I like doing that. It's getting out of the water, completely soaked, climbing up onto a rock that you can't really get a grip of, and then climbing up some more rocks, and then climbing up some more rocks. I didn't want to fucking do that soaking wet. Yeah. So I said, fuck that. I'm, I'm just going to stay in my tube this year. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But it was a good trip overall. Uh, I, I, had, uh, I, had, I brought a blackberry fresh fruit and a strawberry fresh fruit and a juice busters. And a Mountain Dew. Uh, you brought four beers? Brought three beers and a Mountain Dew. Oh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I sucked down the Blackberry Fresh Fruit. I was like, God damn, that went down fast. And then I just drank it today. And I was like, damn, that went down fast. It was just so smooth. Not the not the best taste. It doesn't taste as bad as it initially did. But like the whole point of me telling this flow trip story is just so I could talk about the Fresh Fruit. Blackberry fresh fruit. <laughs> yep, yep. It was a fun trip, though. I had a, I had a pretty good weekend because we also had the uh, Doom Room variety show Saturday night, uh, which I got to see Mr. Nate Phillips. Uh, I unfortunately did not get it to attend. Yeah, Sarah and uh, Veronica all play and walk among us. Uh, there was some exotic dancing. How was that? Uh, not very enjoyable. Um. Yeah. One hand, it was super awkward because Miranda was right beside me. And I'm like, I don't know what I should look at. I've never been in this situation before. Um, And two, like, she just wasn't the most attractive. So it's like, I don't really want to watch this. That's when you eat a pizza. I had already eaten my pizza. (laughs) Uh, So we're just sitting there watching this before. The fucking North End Pub has some good pizza, too. Oh, yeah, it do. Uh, I finished that up. Did you say, oh, yeah, it do? (laughs) Sometimes it really do, folks. (laughs) Sometimes it really do. Shabadoo. They had had a comedy act, like a very brief comedy act before uh, I think Zephaniah went on. I didn't get to watch Zephaniah. I decided to go home. Because uh, Miranda, Miranda and I drove separately, but I was ready to go. I was ready to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I really wanted to see Zeph and I, but I was just, I was just ready. Um, Sometimes it really do be like that. I wore the Heritage shirt, and it was a big hit. Dave's gonna buy one and wear them at some yesterday's chips shows. Yeah, he is. Uh, they won't be on very long, but he will wear them. He will. He will. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time overall. We ended up, I. I had some really good conversation with Nate outside of the outside of the bar, which he 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 went into more detail about uh, how the night went on and those conversations we had in this week's episode of Journey into Comics. Uh, he had a he had a very brief or not not so brief but like a uh, decent heart to heart with Miranda. Uh, that was that was pretty cool to watch and listen to. Uh, she was having a very tough night, but were you touching yourself? I was not touching myself. Damn. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. Those are always the best stories. And then so the next day we woke up real early, and that was another reason I left because I had to get up early. 
Uh, well, I was supposed to come meet with you early the next morning, too. Yeah, you never even texted nope. me. Nope. Nope. I was fucking... I, I was down for the count. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go pick up a fish tank. And I just... I overslept. So I've got uh, I've got a 36 gallon bow front in my daughter's room, and then Skylar wants that out of her room, and I've wanted to upgrade to a bigger tank for years. Uh, so I'm in the process of, you know, planning out how I'm going to move that tank downstairs, and then I like to do this thing when I find something expensive that I want, like instead of just saving money. I go and, like, once a month I'll buy a gift card to whatever business that is. And then when I'm ready to buy it, when it comes on sale, I already have X amount of cash on gift cards. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to worry about saving it. I just have to worry about not losing the card, which is easier for me to do. The idea to me was to get them out of our hair for a little while, but instead we end up having to go to, to practices and watch right. them. And, yeah, what would you ever think of getting right. them out of our hair? So when I was growing up, I don't remember my parents sitting at practice while I was practicing. I remember getting dropped off and picked up. And I could be wrong. I, I Maybe my mom sat there and I just don't remember it. I don't know. Actually, that that actually brings me to my next. Uh, I, this isn't really a topic, but a little aside. Uh, uh, we tonight was kind of like a last minute episode again because uh, I was, earlier in the week I, I I was trying to I was hoping I'd get my mom to come and do an episode with us. Well, maybe I shouldn't be mentioning this because I, I kind of. That was I. I want that to be like our first guest, and uh, maybe that should have been like a surprise. Who our first guest is? I don't think anybody really cares. Cause... No, I don't. Th- I don't think enough people are listening to actually care that. Hey, Chris's mom, man! I better hear that one. Actually, Larry would I, love I, it. I was gonna say a few people would probably be really stoked that my mom's gonna record an episode with us. Like if Andy Reid's listening to this right now, keep keep tuning in. In a couple episodes, you can listen to her like live on. On a microphone, like does live he even on mic. Like, <laughs> or does he, he well, just see her talking crap on well, Facebook? No, he, well, that's it. I, when I when I recorded his podcast a, a few months back, I, you know, we it was around Mother's Day, and I mentioned that I forgot to. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I so then I I told we were talking about my mom on his podcast and how she just rips into me all the time on Facebook and how it's kind of funny. So he it's friended like her all on the Facebook. Women in your and, life do that. Yeah. Yep. Well, he didn't make it so easy. So yeah, that's cool. Um, the fair. I, I don't. I know I we, think we we talked about the fair. Already. We briefly discussed the fair when we went to the uh, frugal Friday thing. I already talked about frugal Friday. Did we? I don't think we talked about the day that all three of us or we took all three of the I don't kids. Know. When though. did we go to the fair, and when did we record our last podcast? We recorded the podcast. I think uh, the day before. Two days before we went to the fair with all three of the kids. We went to the fair once with Scarlett 
and we talked about that already. I mean, it was kind of uneventful anyway. Um, it was actually good. So yeah, I mean, well, that's I, I well that was gonna that was what I wanted to talk about was because we were talking about it like all doom and gloom, like it was gonna you know be the worst idea ever, and actually it went pretty smooth. We had a really good time. The kids behaved for the most part. I mean, it was hot, so like we had we went through a lot of water that day. That's that's a good thing. Uh, uh, the the water. Make sure make sure you bring plenty of bring your own water to the fair for one thing, and then all the stands. Yeah, whose idea was that? I didn't. I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying do it. My 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 wife was so thoughtful. She she packed a backpack with waters and stuff in it. Because I'm so smart. So we went through all that water. Now. Uh, I saw a lot of people getting water out of the vending machines, which was like two or three bucks a bottle or something. When there was plenty of stands selling bottles of water for a buck. I was like, what are you doing, you morons? And it's, I don't know. We found the one stand uh, was like a CBD oil stand. Um, they were selling the the bigger bottles of water for a buck. So if you go to the Lake County Fair next year, Lake County, Indiana. I'm sure everybody will remember that. <laughs> look for the CBD oil stand and buy water from them. Yeah. Uh, let's, I'm trying to... Shut up. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what, what else even happened that day. We got, all, we got everybody wristbands. Livy wanted to keep going on the scary ride. Yeah, the, 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 that tacky, tacky haunted house ride where you just sit in the little cart and it goes through a tunnel. I, that, I really think like a lot of that stuff was just broken, you know? I just Half think, of it, there was nothing in there, but you, should, but you could see props that just didn't do anything. So it was a, a ride that went through a, a small building where the track was like sectioned off with like black tarps pretty much were just hanging up and like it's it was hot and it stunk in there and you go around one corner and there's like a werewolf like but it's not even like it's just like a werewolf mask on like a mannequin head like and it was like like vaguely lit up i feel like there was just a lot more that was supposed to happen but just over the years it just broke and they didn't fix it and then i'm trying to think of what else there was a skeleton that kind of popped out of a coffin. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was like it. I kept expecting like more. Yeah, the rides. Especially because Scarlet came out crying. I mean, it wasn't a super long ride. I'd say maybe it lasted about 30, 45 seconds or something like that. Maybe it was longer. I don't remember. It felt like forever, though, because the, most of the time you're just looking at black tarps. But for some reason, Livy had to ride it. I think Livy wrote it. Once with me and what, twice, twice with you? Twice with me, but she just closed her eyes throughout the whole thing. <laughs> and then she wanted to write it again just to close her eyes. I don't know. Oh, dog just farted. It's probably your breath. <laughs> so, uh, what else did we write? We we had to talk Mark into going on the Ferris wheel, which I think that was just more of a... He just didn't want to. Yeah, he, he, was, he was just so in then a mood. he was acting like he was scared. Yeah. The kids um, love doing that. They say they're scared when they don't want to do something because they know they'll be able to get out of it. We went on the we went on the little swings with the girls. You know the swings that go they go around in a circle and get you up on up in the air. And uh, 
I thought that was really fun, actually. Is, you know, is, did Mark do that kind of stuff when he was younger? Or has he always been a scaredy cat? Oh, pretending he was scared of everything? No, like, yeah, kind of. Um, as long as I can remember, yeah. Because I just kind of wonder, god damn, dog. <laughs> Oof. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, our pooped. our dog gets really bad gas. It's pretty nasty. Cause I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if um, the girls are gonna end up big like that. I'm plugging my nose because it really stinks. Well, I mean, Scarlett already pulls that all the time. Whenever, whenever we ask her to do something that she doesn't want to do, I'm talking about like oh my god rides and stuff. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's a bad one. That's a really bad one. No, but I I know what you mean. But that's not, that's how it starts, though. The, exactly the way Scarlett's doing it. If we ask her to go to bed, she complains. Oh, I'm I'm scared to go in my room. Yeah, but so it seemed like Mark to... actually was like scared to go on the swings and stuff. The Ferris wheel, I think, was just him just trying to get out of doing it because he wanted. But that's because it wasn't what he wanted to but do. But that's the thing is, I think Mark has been pulling that "I'm scared" routine for so long that he's finally convinced himself that he is scared of the things he says he's scared of. Don't you just want to punch kids sometimes? Why only sometimes? Because sometimes they're cute. Yeah. They were cute. You know, we we got them talked down to one game each, and they actually all stuck to it. I could not believe that after they all played their games, I thought they were going to whine and complain that, oh, I want to play another one. I want to get another one. I think by that time, they were all tired, and they yeah. actually kind of did want to go home. Yeah. We, we went on a Saturday morning. What? Stop making that sound. Uh, stop. I'm scratching my chair. Uh, so we went on a Saturday morning, and they had like, for the wristbands, they had two price options, and it was either twenty five dollars for an all day wristband, or a fifteen dollar from noon to five wristband. So we just tried to get there as close. We actually got there before noon, so we could eat a little bit, and then, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as it hit noon, we went and got our wristbands and started doing rides, and. With uh, with our three kids in particular, I, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else's kids, but uh, I would assume that kids around the ages of our kids, five hours was like just the right amount of time. I mean, they were all kind of complaining when we were leaving that, oh, I wanted to do one more ride. I wanted to do one more ride. But then they were all wiped when we got in the car. So, I mean, it, it ended up being the perfect amount of time and we saved ourselves 50 bucks that way because we didn't pay the the $25 wristbands for five people. So, I mean, if, if if that works for your family, by all means, uh, I, I highly recommend it. I feel like that's a new option, though, now that I feel like they have a new company. I, and the, I don't, I feel like up until this year, they only had wristbands on certain days. So all of the attractions at the fair this year seemed exactly the same as I remember. Well, I mean, all but, the companies are going to have the same rides. But management... It it seemed like everything was way better managed than I've ever seen it before. It's like the carnies were actually wearing like uniforms. And... So I was going to say most of the carnies were not 
the typical what you would think of as carnies. You know, the people operating the games were still those like, but they were actually wearing those, uniforms. Those so. slick, toothless hillbillies. But the people operating the rides actually seemed like competent and. They seemed like college kids more than anything. And yeah. a lot of them had accents, too. So I'm wondering if they had, like, that for, the same kind of foreign exchange program that... I don't know if we've talked... If we talked about that at all on, on the... I don't know. Wisconsin Dells episode. We we noticed a lot of, uh, like, uh, people with accents operating the, the water park when we were in the Dells. So we asked about it. And they have, like, a, a foreign exchange student program with the local college that gets them a job at at uh the amusement parks around the dells in and you know in exchange for housing and stuff i think I, I don't know how it works i think disney does something similar i'm i'm guessing a lot of amusement park companies do that um but i'm one i'm starting to wonder if maybe the the traveling amusement park companies are doing that as well cuz like i said a lot of them seemed like they had accents or like they didn't quite understand what you were asking them when you talked to them which may also be why uh, they weren't paying attention to the tickets the one night when we did talk about that when you tried to scam the carnies. It's not sccamming if it's not like I had a fake ticket. that's not a scam. It's a scam if, if you checking, are going out of your way. If they aren't checking tickets. How why is it a scam to not give them a ticket? If he's we're not, we're not going to argue anyway. about this again. I'm right. You scammed no, them. I did not. You scammed. you're a scammer. You're scammer you're an idiot um so yeah that was the fair um trying to think if we did anything else of note over the last couple of weeks nope we ain't done nothing mark's back in school mark started second grade last week um the girls will be starting preschool i think right after labor day um the girls are up to three day a week preschool now Full day preschool too. Um, I know Scarlet. Scarlet goes to daycare, and the preschool she attends is at her daycare, so she's already there full day anyway. Yeah, but well, hers is only like an hour and a half long. Oh, is it even the three day week? Yeah. Oh, I th- see. I I was under the impression that a lot of places. So the preschool Livy's going to is either they, they have morning, afternoon, and full day. I'm pretty sure Livy's signed up for the full day. I should verify that with her mom, though. I thought she was going full day. But, see, Scarlett, I, I don't feel like it's going to make a difference whether she's in full day or partial day because she's already used to the the hours of the full day anyway, being at daycare. So I don't. when she goes into kindergarten, it's not going to be a big shock to her. Um, the difference is Libby is they're learning all day. Yeah, but... In kindergarten, I feel like there's still plenty of time to play. I feel like they break it they break it up enough that it won't be that drastic of a difference. But yeah, so school. I I I wish I had more to say about back to school. I thought I was thinking that we could do that as an episode was back to school, but there's not really much to say about it. You know, it's not really a big deal now. I, I there hasn't been enough going on at the school yet to to really commit a full episode to back to school. It's time for brews with dudes.
Ah, juicy. Welcome to the fracas. An imperial porter. Black. What does it say? And Andrew? I don't even know what this fucking says. I can't read. I heard Imperial Porter, though. Holy cow, that sounds good. Black. Andrigid? That's what I thought, but I don't know. It does look like A-N-D-R-I-G-I-D. Fucking calligraphy. Let's just dive in. Let's just dive in and we'll figure it out. We'll figure out it's going to taste really good. I think we're getting ready to start a Bruise with Dudes um, untapped account. So that will be fun. Keep up with that. I've not been very good keeping up with my untapped. Um, you know, it is what it is. I have a shitty ass phone that has no memory. I cannot download a single fucking ah, app. I feel like we've had this conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I bring up my shitty phone a lot because it's real shitty. Uh, it's really shitty. By the yeah. way, is it? Yeah. Austin is requesting that you hold up the can so that everyone can see it. I think you twisted it the wrong way. Did I? Yep. No. <laughs> there is black. Sorry, I'm going to reverse black. Something. I think it's Andrid Andrigid. Black but it is. It is dark black label and. Dark gold. It's got a goat on the front of it, and I'm I'm ready to drink this. Me too. Let us not waste any more time. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, my God. Wow. That is thick. That's very thick. That is thick. Oh, uh, it's like surrounding my teeth, and it's just the residual flavor is just so good. That's oil. That is yeah. oil. Yeah, I've <laughs> never had a porter feel like that. Yeah, it's definitely a, a big, thick boy. Oh, man. Ooh. Black Android? No. No. That definitely doesn't look like an O. It's hard enough to see here. I'm I'm sure on the video it might even be a little harder. <laughs> we had to do it twice, Austin. We did it backwards yeah, then yeah. forward. Yeah, that was my bad. Yeah, it's definitely R I G I D. I have no idea. I'm sure if we popped it up on Untapped, we could figure it out. Probably even their website, even. Yeah. Something. Look up 18th Street Black, and it might even pop it up. I just Ooh. know it. I just know it tastes really good. It is pretty phenomenal. Of the Chili House beer. Spicer asks, ask Brett if he tried more of the Chili House beer. I've had I've had Nick's um ghost pepper stout that he made. Um 
That was an ass kicker. Yeah. Yeah, that one was spicy. Um, we've definitely had a couple other chili beers after that that were really, really good. The gummy? From uh, Yes, the ghost face gummy. From uh It wasn't it, it's um more. no, it's a uh, noon whistle. Noon whistle. Noon whistle. We did our first on spot podcast there. Yep. That was our first one with uh the brewer, the head yeah, brewer. Yeah, um, it wasn't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember his name. Sorry, friend. Yes, we are sorry. It was a great time. We also had a lot to drink that day. We did. That was. Was that Nail of Scars? Ye- it had to have been. Why it was. It was either that, there? or it was either that, or no, because Polyphia and everything was in Indy, wasn't it? <laughs> That was in Chicago, but that was with Jess and Dick. It but had to have been. Scars was was Chris Scott. Why were we up there? I. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! We need to stop drinking so much. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Maybe nah. if we get to the level we were then, we'll remember. That's true. That's not state dependent learning, folks. That has got that imperial bite to it. It does. It really does. Spicer, I know what you're talking about now. Um, it was the it was fucking um, Mr. Brown from Peoples, and I just do not like Peoples beer. Facebook, judge me all you want. Peoples sucks, in my opinion. Uh, it all tastes the same. Like I said, it's my opinion. All taste is is opinion, but. No, I've not been to Chili House since then. Spice. Um, Chili House. The beer for the show, though, just... Everywhere. Yeah. Whenever we travel for shows or we travel for beer events now. And I mean, honestly, some of the liquor stores do have some decent stuff. Like, I found the Stone stuff from one of the liquor stores around town. But when we first started, I remember that was the big... We would We would just go to every liquor store in town and find the cool stuff. But, like... This one we started with, the Stone. Brett picked that up before he came. Yep. The two that the last two that we've drank, my buddy Chris picked up for me two or three weeks ago. The one that we're gonna drink after this is one that I picked up a year and a half ago. So it comes um, from all over. Maybe that's something we'll do either at the end of this show or another show. I'll show everybody my beer closet because there's quite a bit. I think I've got fifty beers sitting in my in my cellar that are all just. Monsters, just monster beers. Some of them are worth money. We're not going to go into it. It doesn't matter. I uh, it, the thing is with that, like, I've got my couple monsters sitting back, but it's like, when do you drink it? When special occasions? But what special occasion? Like, it, it's so hard. It is. It is. It, it's easier for you because you're doing you're doing this. So fiftieth episode, of course, that's going to be a big one. Pull out a big, you boy. know, um, one year, of course, it's going to be a big boy. But shit, we had a special occasion of, hey, we just went to Dark Lord Day. Let's drink hundreds of dollars of beer in like thirty, forty-five minutes. Just at face value, we drank two hundred dollars worth of beer within within four bottles. After market value. Six, seven, eight hundred dollars easily in one episode. If we were to take those beers that we had then and try and sell them now, the price would be up even more. So, 
But I still hold true that one of the beers we drank on that episode was the best beer I've ever had. The Rage Against the Macro. God Rage damn. Against the Macro Machine. One of my buddies was trying to get rid of one, and I was like, I was like, how much you asking for? He was like, well, it's about 50 bucks worth. I'm like, I'd probably pay 50 bucks worth. And he's like, I've had people offering me $250 for it. I'm like, yeah. I'm not giving you that. Yep. That was the tequila barrel aged, but then it With had like tangerine peel, some type of pepper, like like five or six different things. And it was dumb. Oh, so good though. Hello, so Taylor. Good. Welcome, Taylor. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, Spicer. Zach's on. Zach's was a regular too. Um, with with doing it live like this, I've been trying to get different people, so we don't have the same people every single week. Um, I know Austin's been on twice, but um, it's definitely ha- good to have variety. It it's, is. It's definitely good to have variety. That being said, no. if you're uh, if you're watching and you're from Lafayette or a surrounding area and you want to come on the show. Hit me up. Um, we've always got plenty of beer to drink. We do it once a week, so always looking for fun new perspectives. Um, there was a time we were doing like two or three episodes a week. Yeah, we got backed we, up. For we a while. we recorded so much that it was like we had so much in reserve, but we always had the same group of people, which was fine because people grew to like that group. Shit, we met Evan Brown from having that group. I know. that That's the whole God. reason we have Evan, our friend Evan. Evan has five or six beers for me right now. And I'm like, good. Fuck. That's why I have to go to next week. Like, yes. I have to go to next yes. week's release so I can trade him some stuff. Yes, Austin, the Space Force was amazing. It was. Really liked the Space Force. It really was. All, all of them, honestly. Didn't were... we do that one right before Han Solo? No, what yes, was I think it was Han Solo. I'm pretty sure it was because we just got lit. I'm, I'm. Oh, all the Dark Lord Day was in May. It was Han Solo. Yeah, so it was, it Han, was Han Solo. Solo. It was Han Solo. We got lit. Bailey, and then went down Bailey. the road to Han Solo. Hello, Bailey. Yeah, we drank a bunch of fucking monster beers and then went and watched the new Star Wars movie that they, comes out <laughs> next month. I can't wait. Dude, I don't care excited. What anyone says. Actually, if anybody wants to comment and argue, I'll argue about it. <laughs> we right can. Now. We can. I'm down to argue. I'm tried and true Star Wars fan. All right. Tried I'm, and true I'm all, all about it. So Even if they aren't the greatest, they will always be fucking good because it's, got, it's laser swords got 20 and Marvel space movies. battles. There are three pitch perfect movies. Okay. Star we Wars can is have great. A couple Star Wars movies. That Star don't Wars is great. They're not the greatest. I liked it though. The twist at the end. Is it, yeah. Can we talk about it? Spoiler. It's long. It's long enough after Spoiler. that. If you are a Star Wars fan and haven't seen Solo, reintroducing Darth Maul. Oh Holy my shit. god! Come I on. I I lost it, dude. I lost it. God damn! Reintroducing. So good. And the fucking Queen of Dragons being Darth Maul's like little sidekick. I'm like, oh my god! Bring it on. It just no, it just tells us we're gonna have more. We're gonna, we're gonna see more. Spicer hasn't seen any of the new Star Wars movies. What? Well, don't, don't listen to the hate, Spicer. Seriously, they're, fucking, they're movies. Seriously, they're movies. They they're good. They have their flaws, just like every movie will. But when they was the are last great time? movies. <laughs> he says no spoilers. 
Turn it off. Too late. Turn it off. Too late. Turn off now. The the feed's behind a little bit yeah, from, it's, it's from where we are. Too late, Spicer. You did yell spoilers, though, so hopefully he turns it off. She bent the knee, says Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't bend the knee for Darth Maul? Yeah, I mean, I did, I did just recently watch... Uh, the Clone Wars animated series. I had not seen that through yet. That's good stuff. It was. It was very good. I need to find Rebels, but it, I think it's only on the Disney I seen platform. Yeah. I'm Definitely gonna have to. to I'm gonna have to get in on the Disney thing because they're going to be airing a live action Star Wars series. I did see that. I'd pay I ten did bucks a see month that. for that. So. No shame. Josh is calling me on Messenger right now. Why is he doing that? I don't know. We're going to find out. Spicer. Hello, Spicer. <laughs> we yelled spoilers. We yelled spoilers. We did. Spicer, we yelled spoilers, man. We yelled Come spoilers. On. What else can we do? <laughs> he did say he took He just said he took his headphones out. Good. Uh, I don't think we have ever had anyone call on the show. I don't know if speakerphone would be able to pick everything up speaker, or not. Speaker room up. Speaker room up. Let, let's see if we can. Let's see if we can hear our friend Josh here. Welcome to the show, Spicer. Well, thank you for uh, letting me barge in. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's okay. Just uh, pour some of the beer onto the phone, and I will, um, you know, suck it. You know, I will okay, not. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is my phone. I will not. <laughs> But really, really, guys, I love you, and I'll uh, I'll definitely see you guys soon, and I'll keep watching. Good, awesome, good. It's good to talk to you, man. Glad you're watching, and we'll definitely keep in touch and try and figure out a time we can get travel down for you to get down here. Love you, brother. Hell yeah, man. All right, we'll see you later, Spice. Thank you for the quick call, Spicer. Sorry, we... He, he did say you took your headphones out. Sorry, we almost spoiled that for you, but... We'll, we'll stop talking Star Wars, I guess. Tommy, we you want to come say hi? Here. Tommy's got this flavorful Gatorade. <laughs> come in here, Tommy, and tell us about this Gatorade. Tell us how good the Gatorade is. Just tell us on it. Is, is it really good or is it pretty good? What? You gotta speak. You gotta speak in the mic, really bud. Good? You gotta talk in the mic. Really good. Great. Awesome. Really good. Awesome. All right. Well, you get back to playing The Legend of Zelda. Breath of the Wild. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa, you're playing YouTube well, videos. All right. That seems to be the craze right. for kids nowadays is YouTube videos. Bailey says hi. Bailey's watching. Can you say hi to Bailey? Hi. <laughs> what? A... Whoa. <laughs> all right, you got to get out of here now. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Tom. That was our producer, Tom that, Maxson. That's, that is the the um, the PNR department. Like, yeah. That is, yeah. Whenever we don't know anything, it's because his department is not doing their job. So Tom. we we gave him one task, and I don't know why it just doesn't seem to like we don't have the, all the information. Like, why don't we know the percentage of these beers? Well, something. We're not. Uh, we don't have the biggest budget in the world, so which is why your son is the PNR department. Yep, yep. Well, man, we still got one more big ass beer to go. We do. Cheers to the finish of this one. 